What's up, guys? This is Roland Buck III. I play Noah Sexton on Chicago Med, and you're listening to Meet Us at Molly's. Gonna be all sunshine and roses, but I can promise it's gonna be a hell of a ride. Welcome back, everybody, to Municip Molly's episode 83. Um, as always, I'm one of your hosts. My name is Bryna. With me is Gina. Hello. And Gina, we were just talking about before we started recording. I feel like I haven't talked to you in forever isn't that hilarious like we go one week without skyping and it's like we've been apart for years but actually though but actually though i know it's so funny i think it's also just because like since you started your new job you haven't been texting as much granted i still talk to you every day but just not Mm -hmm. as much as i'd say normally just because you you're trying to adjust to everything and so I think that also plays a part in it. Not that I'm putting all the blame on you, obviously. But, <laughs> but actually, though. But actually, though. No, it's okay. It is It is a busy time in the land of Minas and Molly's, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I feel it. I feel it. Yeah. It, it takes me – and I'm usually pretty good about tweeting every day from the account. Like, I'll tweet something funny. Oh, like, lately, yeah, it's just – finding the time to send a tweet, it's like – it takes, like, an act of Congress to get me to tweet something out now. It's just – Things have changed. It's a hectic time, but it's a good time. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I guess let's just get started. This week we're talking about episode five of all three shows. So that's 405, 705, and 605. Yeah. I don't even know how. It feels like we just started and we're already on episode five, which granted isn't. I know, right? But crazy. So. But first, as always, we start with the news. Not a ton of news this week, which also I think made it feel like a longer week. Because again, usually we're texting about news, but there wasn't a ton of news. So we didn't have a lot to text about. Um, (laughs) But let's start with Derek's Twitter Q&A on Sunday. Not a whole lot of totally newsworthy stuff, but something we were talking about was apparently we're getting more Lily sometime before Christmas, which is always great. Always great. So happy to hear that. And just the fact that we're getting blessed with Lily and Katie before Christmas is like... Yeah. So good. So good. Although the Katie bit might not be for the best circumstances based on what we've been able to piece together. Oh, remember, what did I... Hold on. I have to tell you my theory. I have to discuss my Katie theory, or my wish, even though it's not going to happen, that I texted you last week. This is the one that you texted me? Okay, yeah. Yeah. So... Shy hearts, for those of you who don't know, I've been out of town, like, the past, like, three weeks. Well, last week, I'm in Wilmington, like, you know, Tree Hill, basically. I'm in Wilmington. I'm just sitting around, like, minding my own business. Bryna texts me this theory that is, like, the most genius thing that I was like, oh, my God. Not, okay. This is so Not good. necessarily a theory, because I don't think this will actually happen, but more a wish. So mm-hmm. I was listening to the podcast that they did last week when I was working and I was on my way to work again and I was listening to the Ashley and Gina talk about Otis and wanting fire to go back to what Otis went through in the crossover and just in general tackle mental health because it's such a fascinating topic I mean just on its own but especially within firefighting and I think it's something that doesn't really get talked about so again we all love for that them to go back and tackle that but what I said to her was I was like, it would be so out of left field. 
but I would love for Otis to have a good talk with Katie and not necessarily about their relationship and about like why she never came back or, you know, all that stuff, but just about dealing with trauma and PTSD because even though it wasn't fire related, like she obviously went through some major shit so much so that like she ended up having to leave Chicago and like her entire life behind her. So I just think she would be the perfect person for him to talk about it again. Not that this will ever happen, but that idea just came to me while they were talking about it on the podcast and while I was listening to it. And so I like immediately texted Gina. I was like, oh my God, this is like. But I love that so much because if Katie's coming back for the reason we think she's coming back, again, last week Ashley and I touched on this. All signs are pointing to them killing off Benny Severide. We're not happy about it. We're going to talk about it tonight too because. Yeah, we're definitely going to talk about it. But I love that because Katie would be coming back for something traumatic. So it would be perfect. Yeah. I again, it was just something it clicked in me that I was like this is never going to happen, but I want it to happen so bad. Especially yeah, just cuz be they so had good. I mean, beyond, I mean, obviously they started out as friends. I mean, Otis always had a crush on her, but they started out as friends, and so granted even though their romantic relationship didn't work out and Otis is with Lily now, doesn't mean that I don't want them to like still have like I hope they give us something. Like I feel like Katie can't come back and not even and then not give, like, a look between her and Otis or, like, something. There will probably be a look of some sort. A hug. Like, there has to be something when she comes back. Yeah. Like, there there just has to be. But, yeah, this was, like, my idea wish thing that I just randomly thought of. It was like, oh, my God. No, I love that. I love that. Yeah. So good. So. But yeah, like you said, it'll probably not happen. But that is what fan fiction is for. I, I was just you. about to say, if someone wants to write that fanfic, just give me credit. That's all I ask for. Can we just commission our listeners to write fanfics for like topics that we suggest? Please. Yeah. Oh my God. So good. <laughs> Go forth and write us a Mills and Nadia crossover where they live happily ever after. Right. Like we don't yeah. ask for anything. Like we literally don't ask for anything except for just like a shout out to Brian and Gina from Meet Us at Molly's for the idea. Literally all <laughs> yeah. I want. That's all I care about. You do that. I'm good. Take my idea. For I don't real care. Though. For real though. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> so Yeah. Um, we also, we just keep getting deleted scenes and deleted scenes, which I won't complain about. I'm never gonna, I mean, complain in the fact that they get cut from the episode, sure, but I will never complain about the fact that they aren't just completely lying on the editing room floor. So, there's that. But so, Gina, why don't you talk us about the Halstead Brothers one we got this week? We got a scene from the crossover that was deleted, and it's Jay and Will kind of dealing with the aftermath of their dad's death. And so Will's on the phone with a relative or something. And he's just like, oh, yeah, no, dad went peacefully. Like, that's fine. He's just kind of going down the list of relatives and calling them and letting them know that Pat died. Well, in the middle of this, Jay gets buzzed from intelligence. And he's like, I have to go. And Will's just like, I need you right now. And then Jay finally drops it on him and is like, they just ruled the fire and arson. So let me go. That's what's happening. But there were some little tidbits in here about Pat that were so casually thrown in that I was like, hold on a second. These are crucial pieces of the puzzle. Like, yeah. So uh, at one point, Will looks at Jay and Will's like, what's the name of his army buddy? I'm like, hold on. Pause button. Rewind. Did you just say army buddy? 
Yeah, that was as soon as he said that. I literally had to go back and watch. And I was trying to figure out and just make sure that he wasn't saying, like, his buddy who was in the army. And not necessarily that Pat was in the army. But, like, I feel like I'm reading too much into that when I'm trying to, like, separate it out like that. So I'm 99% sure that means Pat was in the army. Which blows my fucking mind. Yeah, yeah. And it does explain why he didn't want Jay to enlist. That explains that. Does not explain why he did not want Will to become a doctor. But it doesn't even necessarily explain the Jay thing because I feel like, granted, I mean, I mean, I think you could assume that because he went through, you would assume he went through some stuff overseas so he doesn't want Jay to experience that. But I feel like it's either 50-50 with people I know who have, you know, joined the armed forces. They either really want their kids or sons especially to enlist and, like, follow in that tradition and that honor, or they don't mm-hmm. because of the PTSD. So, I don't know. I feel like it could explain it, but it also might not explain why he didn't want Jay to. I don't know. Yeah. Just a very casually inserted crucial detail that, you know, we're just going to be left wondering about forever. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And we're never going to get closure now because Pat's dead. Nope. Nope. It is not a good season to be a dad on Chicago anything right now. <laughs> like, No, but Disco Bob was, no. is still kicking. Right. But if what's happening with Benny is going to happen, Disco Bob took a bullet, which we will discuss. And Pat's dead, so, I mean, Wallace Bowden needs to just, like, maybe be locked in, like, a padded cell or something, along with Herman. All the dads on Chicago, anything, need to just be, like, locked away. Grissom would probably like him for him, for Bowden to be wall- locked away. I can't speak tonight. Locked away. So, so we'd be doing him a favor. Yeah. <laughs> Not that we want to do Grissom any favors. But we besides don't. the point. But, yeah, interesting little scene. And I actually thought when you sent it to me, I actually thought it was going to be longer because it, I mean, like lengthwise, it was like a three something clip, but they just attached it to the scene that like, they actually still showed it like leads into the scene of them at the building and like Kelly's there and Kelly's like walking them through the details or whatever. And then Tracy ends up like looking out the window and coming up with that whole thing. So that's where it would have come before that. So, I mean, it's really only like a 50 second scene but I thought I was like oh man we got like a three minute deleted scene that never happens and then it was just because they actually actually attached the scene afterwards to it so and there's a bit of that when they're walking through the burnt apartment that was definitely cut out because Kelly's like talking he's like yeah Stella went down on this floor and Boyd's like oh well how is she and that was cut out so that was like a little deleted blurb but yeah, I hate deleted scenes, but I love them. Like, I love them because they bridge things together, but I hate that they get cut. Yeah. So. But there's that. And, like, again, it's, like, uh, it's like when we had the Roland thing. We are like, they cut a Roland scene? Like, what the hell? And this one, I'm like, they cut a Halstead Brothers scene? Like, what the hell? So mean. Yeah. In other kind of what the hell news, <laughs> uh, Marina did a interview with TV Line, and she had well, there's really just one sentence that's kind of like what the hell. Um, she had a hot take. It's what she had. I mean, I feel like it's a hot take to us. There is definitely people in the fandom, like a good section of the fandom, that does not believe that's a hot take. So, 
Yeah. But anyway, so I don't remember what the question was, but really it's the last sentence of whatever Marina answered. But she says, but Haley belongs with Jay. I belong with Ruzik. Let's hope all ends well. (laughs) I don't even know where to start with this. I'm not sold on Haley and Jay. I mean... I'm not either. And here's my... Especially after that scene last night where Jay and Ruzik are in the van or whatever and mm-hmm. they're, like, paying attention to Haley while she's undercover and, like, getting her neck sucked on by that <laughs> undercover, like, whatever that guy's name was. Yeah. It, it just gave me the vibes like they're definitely trying to set up a love triangle and I'm not here for it. But it's going to be, like, two triangles. It's going to be, like, hold on. I'm, what's that shape? It's going to be, like, a love, like, parallelogram. It's going to be, like, two triangles. <laughs> a love parallelogram. <laughs> doesn't roll off the tongue as easy. It really doesn't. But it's going to, that's what it's going to be. It's going to be, like, maybe I need to draw this out. Um, but, yeah, like, that, that's exactly what they're shooting for. And it's lame. I'm not here for it. No, I know, I, yeah, I just, like, it just, in that scene, I was like, shit, it's not, no. Exactly, no. Yeah, no, just, and I, no. Although, here's the thing, here's, I did come to this realization recently. Not that I think, I don't think Upton is the right person for Jay, but if Jay, if that is what makes Jay happy, then I value that over as like him being my favorite character in this entire franchise. Like, I value that more than anything. <laughs> what the hell is this? Hold on a second. I drew it out. <laughs> hold on. Hold on. I need to take a picture of this. Listeners, I am literally, I mean, I will tweet this out when this, hold on. This is glorious. Okay. <laughs> it's a love parallelogram that just happened <laughs> but anyway back to my point I'm just saying <laughs> if in the end of the day that is what makes Jay happy like that's really all I want right so mm-hmm. I could put up with it I just I don't know if I want that and I also Here's the thing I was thinking about, too, is, like, if this love triangle does happen, in whichever way it happens, if it ends up being they try to play it up more with, like, Ruzik being the center point and, like, Haley and Kim, or if they try to play it up with, like, Haley being the center and, like, Ruzik and Jay, either way, like, there's never been any inter-unit dating or, like, dating someone in the unit and then having someone else date them in the unit. Like, Ruzik and... Kim dated, obviously, and then Lindsay and Jay dated, obviously, but it wasn't like Ruzik then went and dated Lindsay or vice versa. Right. And, like, I just, like, I don't, nobody wants that. Like, I don't want the drama of them fighting over each other. Bingo. Because they are detectives. They are badass, grown men and women who are trying to keep the peace in Chicago and just, they are above petty relationship drama like this. Well, it's not even, it's literally just, like, to me, it's not even just, like, the badassness of it or whatever. Like, they're a family. Like, that's just, like, 
no. Like, I don't care if they right. end up dating each other, but I don't want the drama. I guess you're right. I don't want the pettiness of the drama that surrounds them, like, just, like, everybody dating everybody. Because it's never right. what I and wanted from this show. Like, I think this show does good relationships, but I never wanted the petty relationship, like, soap opera part of it. Yeah, not, like, the petty, cheesy, like, CW drama type petty relationship drama. Like, the, you know, the dilemma of, you know, Jay and Aaron and Aaron leaving. Like, that kind of relationship drama. Like, okay, but, you know... Right. Like, if there's drama within the relationships for, like, the sake of their, like, having challenges to overcome, okay, fine. Like, I don't care about that. I'm just, like, I don't want everyone hooking up with everyone. Like, save right, that like for the, the, like the shows and the environments where it works in. Yeah, like, the, the fuck you, you slept with my girl type drama? No thanks. Right. When I'm even just thinking about it partly because I'm, like, recently off a binge of it but like I really thought that in Greek I know what you haven't seen but I think just because of the setting that Greek is in and the fact that it's in college mm -hmm. it takes place in college fraternities and sororities like the fact that I was shipping almost everybody with everybody on that show it works so well because of the nature of the environment like in college that's what happens everybody hooks up with everybody you finished Greek fast Oh, I finished that like two weeks ago. But yeah, I fin I mean, it's four. But I haven't talked to you. I know. It's like four seasons. I'm yeah, it's four seasons and the last season's 10 episodes. Oh. I don't even think it's 100 episodes. It, no, it's an easy mm. binge. Um, I also started Smallville, which we can talk about later. But <gasps> that means I need to get back on it because I only did the pilot. I've Oh, I've, I've got to episode, I think, like. Eight, nine, ten, something like that. I got some catching up to do then. Anyway, yeah, sorry. But anyway, Refocus. but anyway, back to the point of just like, I can see that there is some sort of love triangle coming from somewhere. Again, I don't know which side it is, and I'm not here for it. But how do you think Jay's going to react when he finds out about Ruzik and Upton? I don't even know. I'm very, I'm more curious about Burgess's reaction, which, okay, that kind of takes me to my next point that Marina brings up in the article. She said, we're on episode yeah. eight and Burgess still doesn't know about Ruzik and Upton, so I can't really speak on how my character feels about it until I see how it's dealt with. But didn't we read somewhere earlier that Burgess was finding out in, like, episode six, or did I make that up? I don't think you made it up. I think we heard something along those lines. Maybe they've changed it. I don't know. I, so you're telling me that they're still, like, clear, obviously still together in at least episode eight. And Burgess still doesn't know. Well, we're, we're going to talk about this more when we touch on the PD episode. But my first reaction would be like, oh, Burgess is going to be crushed. But I don't know about that. I think she might just be like, whatever. I don't know. Again, I think it depends on which way they're trying to go with the slub triangle. They're trying to yeah. make it like the Ruzik focus or the Upton focus. Yeah. Or both. And we have this parallelogram. <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> Who knows? Um, but then, okay, so just kind of getting through the news so then we can get into these episodes and actually kind of put it in more of a context. Um, the last thing I just thought was funny was Marina was just joking. She's like, yes, I'm looking for a crossover love. I'm waiting for someone to ask me out. So if we had to pair Burgess with someone from another show, who would it be? <sighs> she was joking mm -hmm. about Connor. He'd be a good fit for her. 
Uh, I don't know who else I'd pair her with, so I'm going to go with that one, because uh, I don't see her working with anyone else. I'm just going to be the shit stirrer here, and I'm going to say Casey. Interesting. I think if I had to pick, like, if I had to pick someone, like, if I, probably fit-wise, I'd say Casey, but that's a whole bunch of drama, and Purgis doesn't need that in her life, so go with Connor. I don't think he'd be too much drama. I feel like they'd level each other out for sure. They'd be, they'd no, be a No, I'm just talking couple. about with his divorce or whatever the fuck is happening yeah. drama-wise. Yeah. Not that he And everything they did, he'd be like, Gabby used to do this. Like, <laughs> Yeah. But Rhodes, Rhodes would be a good fit for her. Although, if he, we'll talk about Rhodes, too, because I've about had it with him. Oh, I, 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 I think it says a lot that in terms of, like, people I'm, like, more annoyed with, he has moved down the list, and Ethan is, like, the top. It's bad. What's going on with Ethan? It's, we're, yeah, we're going to get into it, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's bad. weird shit. Yeah. It's, it's bad. Um, so the last piece of news was another TV line thing. Um, in their Ask Osceola this week, they have this section at the bottom where they just kind of, like, if they, nobody asked a question about it, but they have used to give, they just give it. Um, so Med was one of them, and this says that good news for fans of Connor's ex, Death Doctor Charles' daughter. Um, they're planning to bring Robin back um, in the second half of the season, and apparently part, the return is part of a family storyline. So something is up with Dr. Charles then. Yeah. But this also makes me really happy because, yay, Robin! I'll be curious yeah. to see how the Connor stuff plays into that, though. Because, like, when they left, when I... she left, it was not looking so, I mean, that was a weird, I mean, she ghosted him. She ghosted him, and then he went and bought a Porsche. Yeah. So. But I would love to see her come back in and be like, Connor, get it together. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. But I love McKay Cox, so I'm glad she's returning. Yeah. So that's all the news that we had. Let's just jump right into it. So we're going to start with Med, um, because Med was the first one on last night. And the episode opens with some Manstead wedding planning. Yes! Adorable Manstead (laughs) wedding planning. My favorite part, though, was, like, how Natalie, like, I mean, because obviously Will ends up leaving and his phone goes off and the whole thing because he's dealing with this investigation behind Natalie's back. My favorite part, though, was when Natalie was talking to Maggie about it. She's like, yeah, like, I don't know, like, I did this for him, but, like, he wasn't really there. And I was like man, Natalie becomes more invested in this wedding or in a wedding related detail or activity than Will, then we know something's going wrong because (laughs) Natalie is not invested in this at all. Oh, man. I found it interesting that the planning was at a church. I think the Halsteads are like not secretly religious, but like there's a part of them that's. my, My guess is that they were growing up or that their mom was and that. Oh, yeah. As like because you know, their childhood, like, because they were talking about, like, or Will mentions in, like, the first episode back this season, he's like, yeah, like, you know, Reverend whatever said, you know, we already got the church, you know, for whatever day, Mm -hmm. and yada, yada, yada. So my guess is it's just, like, part of, A, it's part of a deal with, like, usually when you have a church, you have to go through, like, premarital counseling or whatever this was. I don't know what that was, but 
I don't know. Um, there was a word for it, but I don't remember what it was. Um, but then I think it's also just like a way to honor their like childhood and family is like by having it at the church. Was Jay blowing up Will's phone not like the best thing you've ever seen? So good. Just like hilarious. Like, call me. Is your phone off? Your phone's off. Call me now. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> yeah, so good. So great. And then, of course, like, he's blowing up Will's phone, but then Will leaves the church and Jay's right there. So, oh, that was funny. Yeah. But I guess speaking of Will, like, Will, 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 Will this week. Like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, one question. Has Med gone yeah. a little too PD for you? No. I think I'm kind of, not that I don't enjoy this storyline, because I do, but, like, I don't know. It seems like it's almost a little too p- much PD for me. No, but I feel like if they did it the other way, which would be, like, showing their relationship issues through the patients, we'd probably be saying, like, oh, that's so predictable. They do that every week. Um, I, I mean, not even, that's not even. It's not that that part that bothers me. It's just, like, there's so – I mean, obviously, we had an hour. I think it's because they're all on the same night that when I start – when I basically start the evening and I get PD and then you get an hour of it at the end, I'm like, okay. And I think it takes away from – I don't know what Med's identity is. I Like, I, I'm trying to formulate it in my head and I can't. Mm-hmm. But it's taking away from whatever Med is established as their identity. And, like, made them different as, like, medical show. When they go so much into PD. I mean, I, I think they're just they're just trying to experiment a little bit. I'm enjoying seeing Will out of the hospital and getting to know a little bit more of him. Because, I mean, we really only know Will as a doctor. We don't know him as a human, you know? Yeah. So I'm, in, I'm enjoying seeing him out of the hospital and just kind of growing that way. I en- and I enjoy, like, I enjoy seeing, like, again, it's kind of why they chose, I mean, obviously, I don't know if they chose necessarily, but, like, why they always wanted all three shows on one night is because they can do a little, it just seems to work a little bit better with, like, even these simple crossovers. But I don't know. I, I guess I thought when the storyline was going to happen that it would just be, like, one episode and I was done. And I was like, oh, this is great, whatever. But then it's now, like three episodes in and it's the storyline is still a thing and I'm like okay I think they're trying to show they're definitely trying to show that Manstead have some issues to work through and this is kind of their way of doing that but I'm okay with it I mean and it's 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 kind of I found it amusing to see Will trying to do Jay's job because like if the tables are turned and you see Jay trying to be a doctor that's gonna end in a disaster too so that's true I don't know with Will it's like when Will does dumb stuff, it's just like, Will, you're so cute. And so, like, anytime he would try to lie or something or, like, be, like, stealthy or whatever last night, I was like, Will, you're the worst detective ever. You're so cute. That's true. I don't know. I was so just like, I'm okay with it. I don't know. I was just, we'll see, I guess, how this, like, finishes out. But I do agree. I like that it's a different way of, like, showing Manstead's issues that's not over a patient and not over like a course of treatment. I do like that part. I don't know. Again, I just, I think I just didn't expect it to be so much like such a big part of med that like in some cases I feel like is overshadowing like what's actually happening in the hospital. But yeah, the other thing I think is good about this too, is that 
yes, they're showing men's that have some issues, but they're showing it on a big scale. So it's like, if Will's going to lie to Natalie about this thing that he's doing where he could possibly get hurt or even killed. And go to I jail. Mean, yeah, what else is he going to lie about? I don't know. So it, it's kind of showing on like a big scale of like, oh, they know they've really got some communication issues going. Yeah. Yeah. But then, okay, kind of going off of that, like, mm-hmm. how do we think Natalie finally finds out? And, like, will she be super pissed or just pissed? Ooh, okay, I think she'll find out either, it'll either be significant or not significant. As in, it's either Will gets hurt or Will just, like, says something and she's, like, right behind him. It's something, like, totally insignificant. And she's going to be super pissed. Super pissed. Yeah. I could even see it being, like, she doesn't find out from him. Yeah, like, she finds out from Maggie or something. Yeah. Granted, no one else knows about this right now except for Jay and, like, Petey and stuff, but. Yeah, and when I tweeted, when I was tweeting the episode on Wednesday night, um, I want to say it was Jessica S. who tweeted back. I tweeted something out, and I was like, how pissed is Natalie going to be? And Jessica S. tweeted something along the lines of, she was like, she's going to be, like, call off the wedding pissed. And I think that's accurate. Duh, yeah. I I don't see yeah, of course. We all knew that we all knew that this was not Manstead's time to be like actually getting married. Right. So yeah. But put yourself in Natalie's shoes though. You're dating this guy, you're about to marry him, and he's been hiding the secret from you. Yeah, oh no, I I'd be super pissed. Yeah. Yeah. Like beyond pissed. Um Oh, she's gonna be mad. Yeah. So, you have any more Will thoughts? No, no. no I'm pretty good. Of? I'm just, I don't know. I, I give Will a lot of leeway. It doesn't really, I don't know. I'm just kind of like, Will, you're so silly. So, we'll see. I was a little um, face palmy when Natalie, when they were in bed, and Nat was like, what were those guys doing? What were you doing? And he just lied again. I was like, Will, you just made it so much worse. Yeah so bad but so bad so let's talk about connor so connor acted like a jerk like he typically does every episode but then he apologized for it doesn't matter he was still a jerk yeah but just like not normal connor behavior in that like he actually apologized i'm getting really sick of his attitude straight up see i'm sick of it but I'm, like, way further out on Ethan right now. So I don't, like, Connor just kind of gets, like, thrown under the rug for me. I'm, like. Yeah, and I see that. So Connor's being such an asshole that you're just, like, numb to it. And you're, like, whatever. Right. Like, I'm, A, I'm numb to it. But, and, B, I have, like, I'm putting my frustrations in another basket. Yeah, no, I hear you. But what really irks me, okay, A, he won't let the bypass machine go. I'm like, bro, you are in the same hospital. You're in a hospital. There are bypass machines around. Calm down. But when he told Ava, he's like, well, you could at least do this one thing for me. What? Yeah. Like, excuse you. Yeah. He's a lot more like his father than he thinks he is. And... It's not a good look. And I'm really, I'm really getting sick of him. Like, I really miss when he was at least, like, semi-compassionate underneath all the daddy issues. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. 
I'll be really curious to see how they, if they flare up when he eventually finds out that Ava used his dad or did whatever the fuck she did, who knows, but to get him his thing, um, or if they, if he realizes that as, like, a moment and decides to make that change and, like, decides to use that as, like, hey, I don't want to be like my father, but... Yeah, he definitely, he needs to change something. Because this is just, it's getting ridiculous. Is it safe to say that Connor's a narcissist? Hmm. I don't, I wouldn't say fully. But like, three quarters of the way? Or like, on his way there. Maybe like halfway or like he he's on his way there have we ever seen connor do something selfless recently show history i mean my first thought but then again i guess it's technically his job my very first thought is like the opening scenes of the pilot when the train crashes or whatever and Connor's on or whatever happened. Isn't it a train crashing? Yeah. Yeah. The train crashes and Connor's like helping save lives. But that's his job. Yeah. I mean, granted, it wasn't in a hospital setting. He wasn't on duty. So I guess it's technically selfless. But. If he had a not helped out and just like run, wouldn't that have violated the Hippocratic Oath? He would have been in trouble for that, wouldn't he? Would he have? I think so. Mm. <laughs> but anyway, I mean, but that's like, I think it's terrible that like, that's my first thought. But technically, that's his job is saving people's lives. Yeah. So uh, I don't know. I don't think so. Unless you want to say, hold on. Unless, what about fighting for Robin and all the stuff he did for Robin. You could argue that is selfless. Okay. Yeah, you could. Again, I'm now just trying to like, I'm like pulling strings. I'm like pulling at things. There's a counter argument there though. No, I know. But like, that's the, again, like everything I'm thinking of has like some sort of counter argument. We got to think about this and do some more brainstorming. But I mean, yeah, Connor is he really has just been like dissolved into like a spoiled rich kid. He's just an entitled rich kid. Yeah. And I think that I mean, I think part of it is like he got this fancy new thing is like they wanted him to stay so bad that they built him this thing, this hybrid OR. The other thing that irked me, too, even regarding the hybrid OR, he even says to Ava at one point, he's like, I know it seems like, you know, I was looking for a reason to stay at med and I've been acting like it's just so beneath me to decline the Mayo Clinic, whatever. And then he's like, I just didn't want to leave you. I'm like, stop it. Stop it right there. Like, you're manipulating her. You're treating her terribly. And then you're like, no, but I love you. Stop. Yeah. But he's, again... He's not even the biggest jerk right now, which is saying a lot. Because what the fuck is Ethan doing? Oh my god, Ethan. Yes, let's talk about Ethan. Like, he has crossed a line and left, like, the sourest taste in my mouth. Like, I, I'm nowhere near on his team right now. 
No, the the men of Chicago Med are out of their minds right now. <laughs> Literally, I think everyone except it, for Dr. Charles. Is it like a full moon from like the the, the eight o'clock to nine o'clock hour? Just from that hour, and then the rest of it's fine. Because like the med of the men of Chicago Med, yeah, they all need to go on like Dr. Phil or some shit. I don't know, but they're all being assholes. Yeah, I mean. Okay, well, I guess then let's talk about, like, so basically what sets Ethan off in this episode was Bernie came back in and he was drunk. And it turns out he had, what was it, pancreatitis? Pancreatitis, pancreatitis? Like that, yeah. yeah. So he had pancreatitis. And so obviously the alcohol did not help that. So he needs to be, like, seen in the hospital. But then his... Bernie's wife and daughter come in and Ethan's like what the fuck who are you and she's like and his wife's like oh I'm his wife and this is his daughter and then Ethan's like you gotta be fucking kidding me Ethan's in an odd position though because like I you know I I, I get that he's big brother so he he needs to go big brother on the situation to be fucking pissed but he's also Bernie's doctor so he's got to maintain a little bit of professionalism no yeah, but I just think, I mean, here's the thing. I think even aside of, like, him being Bernie's doctor in this moment and, like, maintaining professionalism, there's a way to stand up for and, like, protect your sister and, like, not do what he did. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So, and I, I mean, and, um, fuck, what now? Can, why can I not think of his sister's name? What the fuck is Emily? Yes, Emily. I wanted to call her Arden, and that is obviously not right because that is Arden. That's her real name. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, Emily, and Emily kind of said it last night. She's like, "Yeah, like I understand what you did, you know, like, and I like semi appreciate what you did in telling me, but like you also didn't really straight up tell me. You kind of manipulated the system." In the fact that mm-hmm. you are his doctor in this case and you could bring me in for more paperwork and, like, have me just run into him and see that he has a wife and daughter. So, like, I think, she, again, like, I'm kind of with Emily on this point. Like, I appreciate on some small level that, like, he was trying – at the end of the day, he was trying to protect his sister. But I hated the way he went about it. And he's just being an asshole to everybody. So, fuck him. He really is. And Emily even said – Emily's like, you humiliated me. Right. But he wasn't thinking about that. He was only thinking about, you know, making Bernie feel bad. Yeah. And we got a DM from Laurel who had a very, who had kind of a different reaction to us. So I think this adds something a little bit. So she's like, I understand Ethan's reaction. Brothers tend to be protective and kick ass. He should handle it differently, though. My brother would have kicked Bernie's ass. Is it me or is it me or is angry Ethan kind of hot and sexy? Mm, I have to. It might just be Laurel. I'm not finding it's you, anything. Laurel. Yeah. Um, but again, I agree. I mean, like, again, brothers do tend to be protective and kick ass. Like, I get it. Like, that part didn't – that part wasn't necessarily what bugged me. It's the way he went about it and the way he's just acting to everybody. Absolutely. You know, okay, so I, I can think of an instance where somebody going big brother has been kind of, like, not, like, hot and sexy, but, like, you know, warranted and perfect – uh, when Antonio went to Casey and was like, are you not in on this foster thing? Like, what are you doing? And then he's like, you were supposed to marry her. That is an, that is an appropriate example of going all big brother. But 
manipulating your patient and humiliating your sister in public, not a good way to go, big brother. Yeah. No, not at all. Not at all. It, yeah. <sighs> I'm just, I'm not here for any of Ethan's shit this season. I'm not. I don't know what they're doing with him. It just, it's sad because, I mean, there in the first three seasons, there was at least something in him that you were still just like, yeah, I'm rooting for Troy. Like, yeah, there's some part of him that still is like good and wants to, you know, has good motives and everything. And this season, it's just like, he's out of his damn mind. Yeah, they're stripping away everything that I liked about him. He's just so angry about everything. When it's like, it's going to come to a point, right, where he's not going to be able to win me back over. Like, it's going to go so far off the deep end that, like, I'm never, I don't want to root for him anymore. Like, right now, like, if he were to turn around next episode and start making, like, everything better again, I I could get behind him at some point, whenever he, like, completely got back to his old Ethan ways. But, like, if he keeps going on this downward spiral, downward spiral, like, at some point it's going to hit too, like, rock bottom too far that, like, I'm really, like, I can't do this anymore. Like, there's no way you're going to be able to dig yourself out of the grave with me. Right, and I mean, what has to be around the bend is when April is like, no, fuck this, I'm done trying, this is exhausting. Like, you're not getting the point, you're not trying to see things with an open mind, like, I'm out. Yeah, for sure. Just, (sighs) yeah. Do we have anything else to talk about with Ned? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I mean, not a ton happened, I mean... There was a lot, but it was kind of with the same characters. It wasn't like everybody had a storyline. I will give credit where credit is due, though, and say that Perry definitely called that Bernie would have a wife and daughter. Yeah. She called it. I didn't really see it coming, but good. Yeah. I, I did not see it coming. Also, I will have to shout out, I liked seeing the different pairings of Ava and Dr. Charles this week. That was refreshing. Yeah, that was good. Oh, that storyline with the guy. Oh, yeah. With the guy with the Huntingtons. That was sad. Yeah. I I don't know how I feel about that. What would you have done? If I had a genetic disease and there was a chance my child might have it? Yeah. I would want my child to know. Right. I personally agree. I would want my child to know. But obviously, like, it's his right. You know, like, if he doesn't want to tell his child like he doesn't have to but I I, yeah I would want my child to know I mean because yes there's a 50% chance that they could get it but there's also a 50% chance they could not get it right and if it's something they can be doing to like help reduce that chance of getting it then they should Right. right so yeah that was a crazy storyline though mm-hmm uh, but yeah, that's Med this week, episode 405. Let's talk about fire, because there is a lot to talk, lots of stuff happened on fire. There's a lot to unpack. There is a lot to unpack. I mean, first of all, I think it's just like, get the fuck out of here, Gorsh. He's getting worse every single week. But I will say this, as I hate Gorsh. Like, Gorsh is probably up there as, like, the worst villain we've had on fire. Mm-hmm. But Stephen Boyer is, like, slaying this, though. 
I don't know if I'd call him the worst villain on fire. He's just really annoying. Who do you think is worse than him? I'd still go with McLeod. Okay, I would say he's the worst, but if he keeps going at this rate, he will pass McLeod. You know what? I I think the reason I'm okay, not that I liked McLeod in any sense, but she wasn't around 24-7 and, like, tantalizing them at every turn they take. Gorsh is. And so, yes, that makes him more annoying, but I also think that makes him the worst to me. He, I don't want to say that, I, I don't want to say that, you know, he's short, but like, I view him as like an ankle biter, like one of those little yippy dogs that just like won't go away. I'm just like, shoot, be gone. He, so he doesn't really bug me. He reminds me of, did you ever see Shrek? Yeah. The king. What is the king's name? I don't remember. Oh, Lord Farquaad. Oh, Lord Farquaad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like the fire version of Lord Farquaad. But, um, but no. I, but yeah, Stephen Boyer looks to be having a lot of fun with this, too. I started following him on Twitter the other night, and he looks to be having a lot of fun. So look, it's just nice. so, I mean, granted, I didn't see, like, a ton of trial and error, but it's so different. Like, obviously, I saw trial and, trial and error first. And so mm-hmm. it's just such a different role compared to this. And those are the only two things I've really ever seen him on. So, like. Comparing him to Trial and Error, I'm just like, wow. Like, it's like night and day. It's crazy. Well, Trial and Error is a comedy, right? Yeah. But, so, like, again, but when I only have two things to compare it with, because those are the only two things I've seen him in, like... Right. You know. Um, But, yeah. Gorsh, man. He's getting out of hand, is what he's getting. Like, it's, it's getting ridiculous. He's just... But it's like... The thing that they've done to make him a villain, that it's he's a micromanager. And that's all they've done is that he micromanages everybody. But I'm like, that's a good way to make somebody a villain because that would, yeah, that that's ridiculous. That would piss me off. How he's always like, oh, I like open doors. Like, no, screw you. We're well, adults. And it's like, I again, we just saw this clip out of context, but the preview clip for next week or the sneak peek clip where he's like, basically taking over Bowden's entire job. I'm like, with what authority, dude? Like, right. what the hell? Like, you've literally never done Bowden's job in your life. Right, and you want to go out on a call? Okay. Okay, bro. Sure. Whatever. I want a million dollars, so I'm just going to go out and rob a bank? That's not how it works. Right. Yeah, I'm, I don't even know. But yeah, so Gorsh, I mean, again, Stephen Boyer's killing it. Gorsh, I'm like over completely over um mm-hmm. the subplot of this though and then we'll kind of get into the rest of this stuff molly's getting a bad review i mean first of all how dare anyone like mm-hmm. it's molly's but i also thought it was funny because like on twitter last night we were definitely getting like a bunch of like ads about like people just like making comments about molly's and i was just like uh, this is not actually first of all molly's is not a real place it's lottie's <laughs> second of all we have nothing to do with anything but okay sure we're not a bar we are a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah we are not a bar um but yeah that needs to be our tagline like meet us at molly's we're not, we're not a, bar. a bar we're a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah um but no but i thought that was really fun i mean i love like all the comedic stuff i mean fire just it's yeah. so good it's so I'm, I'm like so thankful that fire does the comedy the way they do because they nail it every single time yeah like 
it's perfect. It's just a perfect break from all the drama and all the heaviness and yeah, it's always well executed. Yeah. I want to see Casey be part of the comedic storyline just for once, like just to change things up. Yeah, I think, and this, I mean, this is kind of going to lead into our Casey conversation, but I, I think if they, I think they could have really benefited from that, especially if they're trying to give him more time off from like the relationship stuff, which it clearly seems like they're not. So Mm -hmm. I don't know, but I think, yeah, I think that could have been really funny because Jesse Spencer's hysterical. Yeah, he's and so he could really he could nail this for real. Um, also, just one last little thing before we get into like all the big stuff I, that I thought was interesting. So there was that little lieutenant powwow featuring Sevesi and Herman because Herman obviously now lieutenant. Hello, but yes. off of this, where is Herman's office? Like he does get one as a lieutenant, right? He does. I'm going to take a guess and say that it's that corner office by Bowden that he was going to have Casey move to. Interesting. Because I was just thinking, because obviously you see, like, all the time, you see, like, the sleeping quarters, and then you see Casey's office and Severi's office, and because obviously they have their beds in there. But I was just like, Herman does get one, right? Like, they didn't shank Herman on that either, like... No, he. I'm guessing he has an office, and I'm guessing it's that empty one that was right by Bowden. Good call. I did. I forgot about that, that. They were using it for storage or something, and then Casey decided not to move there because he wanted to hear the noise. Right, right, right. I remember it now. I forgot about it, but that's a good call. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, but back to Casey. Let's talk about Casey this week. So, Casey gets approached by this journalist girl. Her name's Naomi who started noticing this pattern of fires and they think she thinks that the trailer fire that they respond to earlier in this call might be included. So she wants Casey to take her and, you know, so show her around so she can like have a firefighter's eye on like what she's looking at. Okay. There's a lot to unpack here Mm -hmm. because they weren't flirting necessarily but they were definitely connecting. There was definitely chemistry. And then at the last moment, I like I wrote so like she says her last line to him, which is like, um, I guess I'm done monopolizing your time. And like as she says this, I like tweeted this last night. I was like, why does Casey look sad as she says this? So why is there cutesy music playing in the background? Like, what the hell? Because they're trying to make us think that there's interest, but. <laughs> But apparently she's coming back. I know. I was trying to confirm that and I couldn't find it anywhere. But I saw that on Twitter that someone said she's coming back in episode eight. Let's take a second to remember here that Casey is terribly awkward with any woman who is not Gabby. He's awkward, like super awkward. Remember when he worked at the strip club? Yeah. Super awkward. So... I feel like there was interest on her part. I feel like she was the one flirting. I feel like Casey was just like, I'm just here to help her with this article. There's no subtext here at all, even though there was. See, I don't even think, I didn't even see it as like her flirting necessarily. I mean, there was definitely chemistry there to me. I didn't necessarily see it as her flirting. But like once I saw the end of the music, I was like, oh shit, like this is a thing. I'll be honest i did not care for this storyline i glazed over anytime naomi would start speaking i'm like whatever blah 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 get back to the other stuff see here's the thing i was into the storyline 
And I think if this had happened later this season, like, I could possibly be here for, like, this. Because I liked them together. I liked their chemistry. I liked their banter. Like, I liked it. But it's just too soon to me. And this is someone who's, like, who was, like, not even that, like, big of a Dossie shipper. Like, it's just too soon. Especially when we haven't even talked about what's actually going on in his life since that happened. Exactly. And you know that all we're going to get with that is we're going to get one scene with him and Severide. And Severide saying something really vague that Casey interprets as a, like, go get him, champ. And he's going to just start making out with her. The, the, de- like the, the conflict and the debate behind, like, I'm still married, it's going to be non-existent. It's going to be one scene with Sev, and that's it. No, you know what's going to happen? Severance, so I don't know when the whole Benny thing happens, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. But Benny's going to die, probably. And Severance going to be all down in the dumps, and he's going to be like, you know what, man? He's like, I regret that this was my last conversation with my dad, and so you just got to take life by the straight, like, Go at it. Go for it. Like, live with no <laughs> so regrets. If you want to sleep with that girl, you sleep with that girl. <laughs> but am I not wrong? Like, would that not be the most Severide thing is to, like... It really would. Tell that? Like... Get your freak on, Matt. Go for it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Again, I could, like... I think because I'm not totally in the Dossie world, like, I liked it. I just think it was too soon. Especially when we haven't, like, are they actually going through with a divorce? Or are they just separated? Like, what is the status? And he's going to have that conflict, that debate. He's going to have that. It's just Severide's going to be the devil on his shoulder and be like, nah, go get it. I just, I'm curious to see, like, again, I could only see it, like, somebody's comments on Twitter that said she was coming back for episode eight. I was trying to find, like, a press release or something. I couldn't find anything. Uh, there was no blurb about her or anything, was there? No, and I was trying to find, like, future photos. Like, NBC isn't released that far, so, like, I couldn't see. Not that she would maybe be in them. I couldn't even find out who the actress was. I was trying to find out who the actress was so I could go on her IMDb and, like, see if she's listed for... I couldn't find anything. Yeah. I'm trying to still find out who it was because I'm just curious on who the actress is. So, if anyone knows who played Naomi, I mean, I guess I could go back and look in the credits. That probably would have been smart. But anyway. <laughs> it's a lot of work, though. Yeah. But I had to rewatch it anyway this morning because I missed, like, most of it. So I was already watching it. Here's a hypothetical for you. Who would you be more uncomfortable with, Casey and Naomi or Upsick? Who would I be more uncomfortable with? Oh, Upsick and not Upstead? I'm more uncomfortable with Upsick. Okay. Again, because I was never totally invested in Dossie. Especially at the end. Yeah. So for me, Casey moving on is not nearly as big of a deal as, like, the up six stuff. Because I liked what we saw last night. I just think it's too soon. Hmm. it's gonna take me a minute to come around it always does with these kind of things so so we'll see going off of this whole conversation though i sent you a tweet from our friend jessica s on twitter and we mm-hmm. you had thoughts on it and i think we have differing thoughts on it so i'm let's talk and i said let's save it for the pod so we haven't talked about this at all so right. jessica s said 
I wonder if this reporter's addition to the show is some kind of social experiment from the writers. They've given every last one of Gabby's traits to her. The only difference is her skin color. We're not as dumb as <laughs> they think we are. We know, we'll know why some fans like her better. Thoughts on this? And, my, and more, not necessarily about the skin color part or whatever, just like, do you think no, she's course. like a Gabby 2.0? I mean, I think you could say that about any woman who's a go-getter. Right. I To me, I don't, I didn't see that. I thought they would have been two completely different. And granted, we only knew her for like a hot second. So I think it's a lot to say that she, they've given her every last one of Gabby's traits. I respectfully disagree. I, yeah, Cause you can't, we, we definitely can't tell that off of one episode. And that's the same as, I mean, for that matter, every woman who is, you know, you know, every woman who has a mission and is driven by something to like get the truth or get something done is a Gabby in that case, which I mean, that's not a bad thing. You know, I'll consider myself a Gabby. Hell yeah. But mm, I don't really agree, but that's just me. Well, then what were you saying what were you, what were your hold on or maybe it was your upsick thoughts but yeah i have upsick thoughts we'll get to um okay well then but yeah i definitely i don't i to me i don't see her as a gabby 2.0 like in the slightest i mean i think obviously like mm-hmm. you were just saying like everyone like they share the like go getter part okay sure but i think a lot of people do so mm-hmm. yeah but i just thought that was interesting because i didn't think about it like that. And maybe they, like maybe this will be, like, as they develop her, maybe they will be trying to like, give her some more of, like, Gabby's classic traits. But I mm-hmm. think it's too soon to have seen that for now. Yeah. But I'll be curious. So we've got – she'll be back in three weeks. Whatever. Interesting. Mm. We'll see. Um, just another minor thing. That TSA call was super gross. That was so weird. Oh my goodness. I didn't even yeah, know what was, was happening at first. It was like, what the hell? Yeah. It, it was really, really weird. And then like how, you know, Sylvie put the ice on it and then they just cut to Right, they something cut to else. Meg. I was like, wait, are we... I was like, we're not going to find out what happened because we have to find out now. Well, they kind of just, like, brushed it off. But I was like, oh, that's the most anticlimactic call we've probably ever had. It was a parasite. But it was so anticlimactic. I'm kind of glad it was, though, because I really didn't want to see it go beyond anything other than Sylvie putting the ice pack on her face. Yeah. I I mean, I guess if this was a medical show, I would have wanted to see it more. But, yeah, I did not need to see it just for a brief second. And if this were on med, we would have seen every last part of it. We would have seen the extraction and everything. It wouldn't have been good. For sure. But so speaking of Ambo 61 and our favorite ambulances, we learned a big part about Emily last night. Um, Yes. Emily is bisexual. She's bisexual. We finally have an LGBTQ character. I know. I put that out on Twitter, and then we definitely got a lot of people saying, well, like, no, well, like, Shay, and, you know, this is, like, a repeat of Shay 2.0. I'm like, okay, yeah, sure, maybe it's a little repeating, like, a little repeating that they went with, like, the new person who just happens to be filling in the same role that Shay had. 
But at this point, yeah. it's been so long since we've had just any kind of LGBTQ representation on the show that I'm like, uh-huh. I, I don't even care if it's like slightly repeaty. Like, I, I'm just happy. Like, I'm here for it. Yeah, same, same. I'm totally here for it. It doesn't matter that she's a paramedic just like Shay was. It doesn't matter. Just representation. Well, and it's just the fact that I also think, too, I mean, we're going to tell so many different stories because Emily's bisexual. Yes. Sorry, Charlie's here. Yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but just because, I mean, like, this, I mean, like, Shay was a lesbian, so, like, that, I mean, that was different than being bisexual so it's just going to open up a whole different kind of story so yes that it to repeat in the fact that it's the person on ambo but like so what right so yeah i mean and i loved like she was telling brett when she was talking about it to brett at molly she was like yeah i've had boyfriends and girlfriends like no point in women in yourself right like you go girl yeah totally you go girl yeah yeah for real so just i'm i'm happy that yeah i'm I'm happy i'm definitely happy i was very happy other things speaking of other things that made me really happy we had stellarides first i love you ah we had the first i love you i know it was so perfect and so casual and just so like so good it was really good. And I, I pointed out when I, like, wrote about it on Twitter or whatever, I was like, is this the first time he said it to someone since Shay? But then a bunch of people were tweeting at me, and apparently he said it to Renee, pre, which was pre-Shay, but still. Like, Brittany, Anna, I don't remember any of those, but... He definitely said it to Anna. Definitely said it to I, Anna. I, I but this is the first time he a... said it to Stella. Right. I was just... I didn't even... I mean, I loved Anna, but, like... This is it. This is different, right? Like, right. This is a very different situation. I don't remember him saying it to Brittany, but I don't know. Um, but it still doesn't cheapen the fact that they said "I love you." Oh, it was so, it was so perfect. But like, what is it with this franchise and making locker rooms like sacred? I don't know, but I'm not complaining. It's just like locker rooms are not like. In real life, locker rooms are not, they're, like, kind of gross. So the fact that they're now these, like, sacred places where all these wonderful moments happen, it's like, okay. So we got a DM from one of our listeners, Kristen. And what happened here is that back during the crossover, she had messaged us about Stella Ride and how we were kind of wishing for a Stella Ride I Love You. Well, it didn't happen, but I think, Brenna, you were the one who had replied to her and you were just saying, you know, I'd rather it be in its own episode so that it's special on its own. You know, he says it out of the like, out of the blue instead of something like driven by her injury. And she messaged yesterday and it just says this conversation aged so well. <laughs> and she sent like a really cute little gif. And she was like, I really hope that, you know, you guys are in your Stellaride feels, too. And it was just it's perfect. Oh, yeah, we were definitely in our Stellaride feels. I that was a great moment. It was so so perfect. And I just like I mean the scene happened and it was just so quick that they slipped it in. Like I, we were in mid conversation about something and I was like, "Hold on, hold on. That just happened." Like, "Wait." Yeah. That was perfect. But then I was so focused on that that you texted me and you were like, "Oh my god, the art hanging in Severide's locker." And I was like, "What art hanging in Severide's locker?" So when I was rewatching it today, I noticed it and I was like, 
oh my god i can't even was it's just perfectly adorable kid art which kid was that i don't know i mean i kind of remember someone giving severide a picture but i don't remember which kid it was i don't think we're supposed to know i think it just it was just cute i don't know i vaguely remember kelly getting art at some point but i don't remember which kid it was but the he's just a big old softy god i need kelly to get somebody pregnant like asap you sure about that well i mean okay he would definitely be a good dad but i just need more kelly with kids i just like he's so good with that he's the best person with kids on in all of this franchise you know what it is? It's because he treats them with respect and he treats them like adults. He doesn't talk to them like they're kids. He doesn't talk down to them. Like, he treats them like adults. I just mean Kelly with kids. Like, I don't care. I mean, because at first we thought it was going to be he was going to be the godparent to the Dossie baby, which that's not happening. So, <sighs> sorry to bring that up. But, I mean, I, again, I just, I need Severide with kids. It's just so perfect but yeah I, I think it's just random kid art that's just a um oh my god maybe it's the little kid from the crossover we should just imagine it's the little kid from the crossover oh my god all the feels all the feels you know what else got me all of the what? feels last night this conversation what? with benny that went down okay yeah there's mm. So, Go ahead. okay. So, first of all, just my personal note. I'm having a real, I was having a hard time getting back in the, like, my hatred for Benny because I was recently catching up on, like, one of my, like, favorite Hallmark shows that Treat Williams is, like, a main star in. So, I'm having a hard time right now, like, seeing him as Benny and not as this other character. So, that was my own little person. Are the Hallmark shows good? I've only watched this one. I like it a lot, but. Okay, because I think they just released the schedule for all the really cheesy holiday movies the other day, and that's, like, really important breaking I'm news. I'm the one that so. tagged. I'm the one that tweeted. You... That's right, and I tagged. Yeah, that's right, and I <laughs> replied to it. It's important. Yeah. No, they did. Hell yeah, I did. That's important shit. I know. It's the most important. Um, but no, he's, I mean, it, I really like this show. Um, there's a lot of good, like, shippy stuff and, like, relationships on it. Um, and it's just, like, mm-hmm. again, kind of like we were talking about with PD earlier. Like, it's got drama, but it's not, like, petty drama. Yeah. So, I like it. But anyway, so I was having a hard time seeing him because he's, like, he's, like, a good, he's, like, the dad on that show. And he's, like, the main guy and he's, like, nice and it's just very different from Benny. And I just, like, binged mm-hmm. season three because I somehow missed season three. Um, and so I just binged it, like, over the weekend. And I so I'm, like, kind of still in my feels from that. So I was just, like... Okay. But anyway. What is the show? What? What is the show? Um, Chesapeake Shores. Okay. Highly recommend. That sounds very hallmarky. Highly recommend. Yeah. Very good. Um, but anyway, so this is the first time that Severide's seen Benny, though, since their blowout fight six months ago. They haven't seen each other. They haven't talked. Like, this is the first time. And Severide feels that Benny is their last option, so to deal with the Grissom stuff. So he goes to see Benny. And I'm just going to read, like, I wrote out this entire combo because it's just, like, word for word. It's just, like, so good. 
Mm-hmm. So Severide says, you know, I don't ask you for much, but dad, like I'm asking you to help Bowden. Benny, why would I do that? Severide. Because Bowden is the only reason I'm still around. He's the only one who had my back. And then Benny. I had your back too, Kelly. It might not have been in ways you always wanted, but I've always been here. Sev. That this is this is how you see it? Because from my end, you were MIA plenty, especially when things got tough. Bowden was the only one to pick me back up. Father, you never had. Oh, Se- Benny. Father, you never had, huh? Sev, that's right. Oof. That is an exchange that Kelly's definitely going to regret. Right, like, this is what, like, this is where we're going with this, right? That, like, Severide's going to, this is going to be the last conversation he has with Benny. Something happens, Benny dies, and this is, he's going to regret this. I mean, all of the signs point to it. Right, like, it, it almost seems too obvious. I mean, knowing what we know, like, knowing the, if you don't pay attention to, like, Instagram and stuff, then you probably don't see this coming. But, like, if you pay attention to Instagram and you kind of piece together what we think is right, then this seems way too obvious. Yeah. All signs are pointing to Benny dying. However, with that said, on Twitter last night, because in the the promo, you know, they see everybody in the waiting room at Med, but they don't see Severide. So my brain for a second was like, I wonder if Severide's the one who gets hurt. But... He's in the episode description, so I don't think that's the case. Yeah, we know he's in future episodes. Like, it, I don't know. I think it's got to yeah, be Benny. Everything is pointing to them killing Benny. Yeah. And so, but I just, I also think one of the things, aside from the fact of, like, the tension between Benny and Kelly, I love, the thing, the part that of this conversation that I love, though, was, like, seeing how tight, Seeing in what regard he holds boat Severide holds Bolden holds seeing in what regard Severide holds Bowden and like how much Bowden means to him. Yeah, for sure. Because like, I mean, we don't. I mean, you know, there's only like we've seen it obviously over the last seven seasons, but like pre like season one, like we don't know much about Bowden and Kelly's relationship. We know obviously that at some point. Kelly decided, you know, transferred to 51 and started working for Bowden and left Grissom and all that stuff. But, like, we don't know a ton. So to know that, like, Bowden, he and Bowden have always had this special relationship, almost like father and son, like, I loved hearing that. Um, so That's just the way Bowden treats his men. That's the way he handles things in his house is, you know, they're all family to him. So I, I can see that. I just – I – I don't think we ever found out why Benny went MIA unless it was around the same time that, you know, thank you. Um, unless it was around the same time that Benny cheated on Mama Sev and that's when Kelly went to live with April. But I think that was high school. Yeah, that was high school. So I definitely hope that, you know, that's something that we learn why Benny was so MIA throughout, you know, Kelly's early days as a firefighter. That's an interesting point. Like, what are some things that you're kind of hoping we know or we, we learn or find out before Benny dies? Why he and Kelly had the falling out and, like, maybe more of the history of... Because, obviously, he worked with... I mean, he worked with Bowden. Yeah. You know, they worked together with... Peter Mills' dad, like, they were all, I'd love to learn a little bit more about that and, like, what led to Bowden and Benny's falling out. 
And maybe it has to do with Kelly. Maybe it doesn't. I don't know. Yeah. But here's the thing. I mean, are, are they supposed to, is he supposed to die next week? Like, when is this, when is the Katie episode? Is that seven? I want to say it's seven. Let me look at last week's outline to double, because we, you guys talked about it last week. Hold on. So that means Vinny dies next week. Oh, that's not enough time to, like, learn everything I want to learn. No, I mean, why are we killing all of the dads off of the Chicago shows this season? Hold on a second. I don't know. And especially, why are we killing off the dads before we get all our answer or questions answered? Yes, exactly. Because, like, Papa Hall said, we had 10 million things we wanted to learn, but now we can't because he's dead. Yeah. Now, yeah. Benny, if he dies, there's 10 million things we won't have answered. Oh, yeah, that's seven. Because six is. Six is Halloween and whatever. And then the seven description is Severide facing major adversity. And Brittany Curran and Kim Delaney guest star. Yeah. Yikes. That's going to be a doozy. Poor Severa. Like, I, what's going to, how is he going to take it? What's going to happen? And what is that going to mean for Stellarite? Is that going to make them stronger or is he going to push her away? I think at first he's going to push her away. I don't know for how long, but I think at first he's going to push her away. This is Severide we're talking about here. Right, but I mean, Severide's a he's different not... person now that he's with Stella. But is he though? I think he's definitely that's yeah. I think he's definitely changed, but is he a completely different person? I don't know. Like I mean That's the question. Hello, he married someone so he didn't have to talk about Shay. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. <laughs> like uh, Yeah, that's I think that's the I think that's the outstanding question is like, yes, Kelly has changed, but how much has Kelly changed? Has he really changed to the point that he and Stella will weather the storm together? And that's the question. Yeah. It's a mystery. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think they will, but I definitely, like, if it took him an episode or two to, like, let her in, I wouldn't be surprised. Mm-hmm. What if they pull a fake out and Benny's not the one who dies? <laughs> uh, I, it's just so, like, it just seems like with everything that's laid on the table... It just seems so obvious that that's the case. This is like on PD when right before they killed Lexi, she was like super featured in the episode right before it. And she and Al have that conversation of like, I love you. I love you too. And then. Well, and like, it. again, because we read episode descriptions and we know that not only is his ex-wife coming back, his ha- his daughter is coming back. Like, mm-hmm. w- his daughter, who we haven't seen since she left Chicago in season two. Oh my god, oh my god. Was it two? Yeah, no, it was two. It was two. Like, come on now. Yeah, yeah. Like, why else would she be coming back? She's not coming back as much as we want her to come back for a powwow with Otis. She's not coming back for a powwow with Otis. No, because, you know, he's very happily in love with Lily, who also happens to look exactly like Katie. Well, and she, Brittany Curran is also on another show, so they kind of have to, like, they had to really needed her for a story. Isn't Stella Maeve on that show, too, The Magicians? Yeah, they both are. 
So Nadia and Katie just went off to like I don't even happily ever after. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's our theories on the Benny stuff. But I mean, the last thing we'll say about fire, and then we'll move on to PD. I mean, Bowden's last words of this episode, like the last words of this episode, being from Bowden, just being like, "Bring it!" Like, ain't nobody messing with Battalion Chief Wallace Bowden. Like, get the fuck out of here, Gorsh. Hell no! This is Bowden's house. I'm so ready for this. Oh, I mean, not. I'm not gonna say like Bowden's gonna beat him to a pulp, but like literally. Bowden's just gonna kick his ass and I'm just so ready I'm so ready should we talk about the sneak peek we saw for next week we we kind of touched on it briefly yeah let's talk about it so basically there is a sneak peek for episode six already and it's just basically Gorsh being like I'm taking over and Bowden's like you've literally never done this a day in your life so I'm wondering if somehow that is how a Benny gets hurt slash killed and B Gorsh gets the fuck out. I would hope so. I think it depends too on how many episodes they're doing before they go to break. Cause I've only seen, yeah, we don't know that. Do we? I've only seen up till eight, which would put them. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Hold on. I got to pull up the calendar. I had, I saw something. Let's, so let's see. So next week is six. Seven, eight. That would put them up till the 14th, which is the Wednesday before, like, the week before Thanksgiving, because Thanksgiving's on the 22nd. So not the Wednesday directly before Thanksgiving, but, like, the Wednesday, you know. So, but, but so maybe if they did eight, obviously that would put them, that seems a little too early. So my guess Mm -hmm. is they, they're obviously going to probably skip the Wednesday, like, directly before Thanksgiving. And they would probably come back for two more for 10, like the 28th and the 5th. Possibly. But yeah. I feel like Gorsh is going to stick around to the midseason. I feel like Gorsh, like whatever resolution is going to happen with Gorsh is going to happen like towards the midseason. If he makes a call that gets Benny killed, though, I mean, I, I, I think he might be like criminally liable enough that they might. Here's my thing, that, though. But... Here's my only problem with that theory. I think in. I think on, like, paper it seems to work, but why would Benny be there? Like, why would Benny be doing something at a call where he would get hurt? I know. He, isn't he retired? Yeah, he's retired. So, like, he's not going into a fire that we think of, that we would know of. I have no idea. I don't know. I like, I mean, and obviously, like, I like the idea of Gorsh being at fault for Benny's premature death but i just don't think it like to me i a see gorsh being eliminated in the mid-season finale for whatever reason i just Mm -hmm. it seems like it and then b i just don't see how why but then again how else does he die i don't know i yeah that's that's the part i'm having issues with it's kind of similar to the crossover when we were like what the fuck is baba halstead doing there yeah but it made more sense in the crossover that he like moved into an apartment or something. Yeah. I I don't know. But yeah, that's it for fire. Should we move on to PD? We shall. I think the only appropriate way to start the PD section of this and the last section of tonight's episode is just everybody looks so damn good in this episode of PD. Amen. Like, first of all, 
Patty was rocking every single one of his suits. Like, every single one. Like, literally, every time he came on screen in a different suit, there was a text from one of us being like, damn. He looks so good. Oh, oh absolutely. And there was, uh, yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't tweet it enough that I was like, uh, <laughs> wow. And then Haley was rocking every single one of her outfits that she had rocked for her undercover mission, whatever we're calling it. For real, though. Everyone just looks so damn good in this episode. It's not fair. They really did. But I, okay, I got to say, though, as as wonderful as that suit was on Ruzik, Jay's suit in 301 still takes the cake. Yeah, that's still, like, the icon. We should do a top five ranking of suits. <laughs> yes. I'm okay with that. We could definitely do a top five. Yeah. Yeah. We could definitely do a top five. But no, I mean, I think, I mean, the big takeaway I took from this episode was just Adam is such a good son. He just reminded me so much of Severide. Well, I guess now not Severide because he and Severide, Severide and Benny are fighting. But Severide pre this stuff, like, they're such good kids. Like, their parents don't deserve them. Well, I mean, Disco Bob is not as hard to like as pat halstead or pa- papa Seth, you know bob was just in a tough jam that's true i guess but still but, but adam is such a good son he really is though he he, he still reminded me a whole lot of severide though in this for sure and he was so cool under pressure last night like he witnessed his father get shot and was just like this is my job moving on yeah just oh so good um what else do we want to talk about oh there's just so much how did you feel about upton and ruzik being the undercover couple at this point it's playing like they're really going like i guess upton and ruzik are like a committed thing i don't know it just kind of played into like the whole upstick thing so i wasn't like i don't know I, and I don't mind them, like, as partners, like, I mean, like, working together, like, so I didn't think, I didn't have any problem with it. I more had an issue with it in, like, you know, when he, they first see Disco Bob and, like, nobody mentions it until they're, like, outside and she, like, does whatever she does to her microphone so nobody gets it on tape and, you know, he's confiding in her and I was like, this is a little weird. It's yeah, it's it's really weird to see him doing with Haley things that he would be doing with Burgess or Kevin. Yeah. You know, know, he he, those are usually his go to people to confide in. So for him to be confiding in Haley, it's odd. And I think it's taking some adjusting. Right. And I think for me, like. I I mean, I said this last year that, like, obviously I would have been okay with like an upset cookup. And I still may have been okay. I'm not okay with, like, them really going after it and that they're kind of, like, a committed thing now or whatever they're doing. And then it was so out of left field this time that I was, like, it's taking a while to adjust. It's definitely taking a – yeah, it, it's it's taking a while to adjust. But with that said, I didn't completely change my tune by the end of the episode, but – It definitely I, I warmed up a- to it a little bit more. Yeah, that's a, that's a good way to put it. I definitely I warmed up to it a little bit more, very little. <laughs> like like I, I I got like lukewarm on the idea, right? And like I mean, speaking of like 
kind of a good example of this is so like at the end when Brusick goes and sees Disco Bob in the hospital and then he leaves, like Haley's the one that's there waiting for him and like comforting him. And that's definitely not how I pictured that going in my head. And like a lot of people on Twitter were super pissed that it wasn't Burgess or Kevin waiting for him. So like what are your thoughts on that whole scene? Okay, so the first time I saw it, I was like, this is not okay. That handhold bugs the shit out of me. Get it out of my face. The more I think about it, though, I think that she is, she might be just what Adam needs at this point in time. I think she's more his speed at this point, because I feel like Burgess has grown a little bit more than Adam has since they broke up in season three. And I feel like Burgess is almost more of an adult than she was before. Whereas Ruzik is just very fast moving and he's still got that, you know, childlike, not childlike, but like he still has that enthusiasm about his job and that like, what's the word I'm looking for? Like exuberance. That's a big word. Shit. This is why we don't drink when we do the podcast. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's still got that like exuberance about him where he's just bouncing around from thing to thing. And so I think Haley might be more his speed at this point in time. That's not to say in the future he's going to be like, holy shit, wait, I still love Kim. But I think at this point in time, Upton might be exactly what he needs. Interesting. That's a good way to think about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because I really think, I think now, like even thinking about it last night when I was like, you know, how is Burgess going to take this? Season three Burzik, season four Burzik would have been hurt. Season six, wait, no, sorry, Burgess. Season three or season four Burgess is going to, like, she would have been hurt. Season six Burgess is just going to be like, whatever. I have way more important things to worry about. Right, well, she has this, like, budding whatever it is with Brennan, friendship, uh, allyship, whatever the fuck. I don't even know what we're calling this. Um, yeah, it's weird. That's a friendship she doesn't need to be part of because Brennan's going to play her. When there was, like, rumblings, you know, that, like, Kim was having her eye on, like, a more political something. So I, it would kind of make sense. But who knows? Whatever that is, Kim's got her head, like, 10 million other places. So she's not really probably thinking about it. But you know what else this elevator moment made me think is that I think Atwater knows about them. I think Ruzik confided in Atwater and I think he told Atwater what's going on. Because if you think about it, I mean, they're bros, they're BFFs, right? So if Ruzik's dad is in the hospital, fuck yeah, Atwater's going to be with him. Unless Ruzik's like, don't worry, my girl's here, we're good. And I think that's when Atwater's like, all right, you're good, that's fine. So I think Atwater knows. Interesting. I don't know. I don't think he does. I don't think, I don't know. I think he would have been at the hospital otherwise. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think he would have been at the hospital, but like, which is why I think it's weird that he wasn't. But like, I don't know. Unless he lied to Kevin and was like, oh, Kim's here, which I hope he didn't do. He better not have done that. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he was trying to lie to Atwater earlier in this episode, so, like, I don't know. But they did end up having a good BFF moment. Like, I love that Atwater is the one that keeps keeping, like, Adam in check, like, throughout everything. And, like, before when 
they're getting ready to go into this like last deal or whatever undercover and Voight's like questioning whatever Ruzik was saying and like he's like well I'm if Kevin's okay like comfortable with this whatever and Atwater was just like I'm with Adam if he said he's good I'm good just like BFF goals oh total BFF goals and my my mother of course she watches she was messaging me throughout the show and I would just get random messages throughout the three hours that were like whoa oh my god or like he's gonna die (laughs) and um she sent me at that moment it was just like an omg and i was like mom it's ruzik and atwater they've always got each other's backs they will be fine they're also not dying in episode five but you know yeah i was like they will be okay it's ruzwater like they're like superheroes put together it's like there's just yeah they're fine don't worry but that was yeah they're i mean they're they're just so good together as best friends and yeah i love that atwater's the one who keeps adam level-headed and is like cut the shit so Back to the upstick thing real quick. How long do you see mm-hmm. this actually lasting? Because I thought at first it was probably just going to be like an episode or two, but now they're clearly committing to this. I think what they're going to end up doing is not feature it, but we're just going to know that it's happening in the background. Kind of like when Linstead had that one season where they were happy. Three. They weren't talked about much. Yeah, season three. Um, well, no, they, well, they were happy for part of season four. After the fucking couch and before she fucking left. But three, they were happy for all of three. They were happy for all of three. The couch was season four, wasn't it, though? Couch was three. Couch is, like, before they technically get together. That's, like, what leads them to getting together. Couch is the episode right before they get together, officially, at Molly's. Season three is the Happy Linstead season. You are correct. But yeah, I think it's going to happen like that where they're not going to feature the relationship, but we're just going to, we're just supposed to know that it's running in the background. I'm just, I want to know when everyone else finds out about it. If they will. You know, they're going to make that a storyline. What what the hell is Voight going to do when he finds out? Well, I, I don't know about that. But the reason I know they're going to make it a storyline is because they literally added in an entire scene last week because they needed to have Burgess be like some have somewhat of an idea or like try to like almost get catch them. And that's why I was also kind of confused and why I thought I'd read some more about episode six was because they added this whole scene because they were trying to have a scene where it made it look like she was kind of catching on to them, but maybe not. And then when she was finding out in episode six, then it would like put a light bulb, like a light bulb would go off in her head or whatever. So now the fact that we're on episode eight and Burgess still doesn't know, I'm like, okay, well then what was the point of that scene? Right. Right. So if Void finds out, he's got to tell them to cool it, right? He has to, or he'd be a hypocrite unless he is softened on his, thing because uh, what he went through last year with Al I don't know family's important and all that shit that's, I don't know that's true because I mean he was initially like whatever I don't care that Burgess and Ruzik are together and then it took him a little bit to come around on Linstead so well no he cared he cared about Burgess and Ruzik and that was the reason Burgess didn't get the job in the first place and Kevin did true and then it he didn't really care because she wasn't in the unit so like as long as you're not in the unit he didn't really care and then he, I don't know, he kind of, he let them have it, at the, you know, after she got shot. But, yeah. No, he did care. And then he cared about Linstead. And then he softened up. So he's, I mean. He's got to care. Yeah, that's a crapshoot. 
If he doesn't, he's going to be a hypocrite. Unless, like, unless, like I said, what he went through with Al and, like, made him just kind of change his stance on the unit and, like, how they operate as a family and they can do whatever they want personally. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know. But, yeah. Yeah. Um, The last thing that I thought from PD that was interesting that we should talk about is just the last scene with... um, Oops, sorry. With um, Ruzik and Voight. And just Voight's line about, you know, hey, he's still your father, like, means he's family. And especially just considering, like, Voight and Diskobab have, like, a past and they don't really like each other that much. Like, I feel like this obviously holds a lot of weight coming from Voight. Yeah. yeah. Voight comes out with these things sometimes where I'm just like, that's your stance? I wouldn't have pegged you for that, but okay. Yeah. So I thought that was just interesting. Mm-hmm. So it was a good episode. Yeah, these po- man, these like plots though, like PD is definitely. I have to re like. I mean, I haven't rewatched this, but like, try to ask me about the drug part. Like, I couldn't tell you anything. Except that yeah, I mean, the- Disco Bob worked for security yeah. for some guy and didn't end up knowing anything. Like, literally, that's all I can tell you about, like, the plot part of this. Well, he yeah, he was doing security on the side because he had gone broke, apparently. And that Spiro guy was played by Eric Balfour, who's been in a ton of shit. Um, I think he dated Jessica Biel at one point. Wait, what? Not that that's relevant. Yeah, Eric Balfour, the guy who played Spiro. He's been in he a ton looked of stuff. familiar. Hold on, I'm looking him up. I want to say he was like a superhero at some point, but I could be wrong. But he's been in a ton of stuff. Let's see. Let's look at his Wikipedia page. It's B A L F O U R. Yeah, now I found him. Hold on. He's Jewish. Um... <laughs> I love how that's the first thing you find. Uh, it's early life. Balfour was born to a Jewish family in Los Angeles, California. Um, let's see. I'm going to search him too, see what I can find. Oh, he was on the OC. Maybe that's what I recognize. Oh, yeah, that'll for. do it. He was yeah. Eddie on the OC. Um, I don't know. His Wikipedia page does not mention Jessica Biel. It just says after five years of dating... Balfour married fashion designer Aaron, whatever her last name was, married, I don't know, in May 30th, on May 30th, 2015. But wasn't Jessica Beale in Texas Chainsaw? Jessica Beale, now I need to, now I'm curious, isn't Jessica Beale in Texas Chainsaw? I bet you they did because he was in Texas Chainsaw Massacre and so was she. So I bet you they did date on that, during that. I'm scrolling his IMDb right now. He Oh, he was on 24 for a while. Um, that's a show I never watched. I wonder if I should watch that. Yeah, oh my god, he he's been on DOC. everything. Holy for shit. For real though, right? Yeah. Holy for shit. He was in Can't Hardly Wait. Oh my gosh. Goodness. He was on Buffy for two episodes. He's literally, yeah, been on everything. Quite literally everything, yeah. So that's that's funny. It was it was interesting to see him. I was just like, oh, hey, Eric Balfour, I recognize you. But yeah, it, I thought this was a really good episode, and it was a cool way to bring Bob back, and it was a good way to see Bob. Yeah, agree. Um, but yeah, that's it for PD. I guess that that's it for everything. Unless you have any other just final thoughts. 
I have two little ones. Okay. okay, so that opening scene with Platt was the most perfect thing ever. It was awesome. Oh my god, why weren't we invited? Like, right? Where was our invite? You can tweet us. It's at Mita Somalis. Hello. <laughs> like, we're not that far. Um, I think it was like her anniversary or something with the police department, but it was perfect. I thought it was a birthday. I could have sworn that cake oh, yeah, said happy been. birthday. No, well, yeah, it might have been a birthday. And le- that this cake, so though, perfect. said happy birthday. Whether it was just they bought a cake that said happy birthday or not, I don't know, but. I think the uh, the important thing we got out of there is that she used to be in a band. I think Marina had tweeted that out, that so Platt was good. in a band. So that's hilarious and perfect and wonderful. Um, and, oh, when Disco Bob got shot. Okay, I don't care that Haley was outside. Did Adam yell for her? No. But did he yell for Kim? Yes. I'm just going to leave that there. Mic drop. I don't care that Haley was outside. He yelled for Kim. Mic drop. Damn it. Mic drop. Yeah. So yeah, that's it for episode five of Med and Fire and PD. As always, you can find us on all forms of social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, meet us at Molly's. You can also visit our website where I need to update some of the podcasts, more recent podcasts, <laughs> but we do post all our podcasts there and just articles that we've written on the shows and other random things. Um, as always, you can also email us with any thoughts, concerns, questions you may have. Meets at Molly's at gmail.com. If you're interested in following us individually on Twitter, I am at Brina K13, Gina. I am at Gina Watches TV. We both, yeah, tweet. There's a lot of TV talk on our stuff online. There's also some sports. Sorry, it's just going to happen. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's everything, right, Gina? That's about it. And we'll be back next week for Halloween. Ooh. Am I really going to sp- I guess I am. I'm about to spend my Halloween night watching all three shows. Hell yeah. And handing out candy. I need to buy some candy. Now I just remembered that. You live in an apartment, though. Will you get trick-or-treaters? Oh, my God. Last year, I had so many trick-or-treaters. Because there's a bunch of kids. Like, it's like a very family-friendly oh. apartment. And so if you want to give out candy, you just, like, sign up. So And then they, like, pass out a list of, like, apartments handing out candy i went through an entire uh costco bag of candy last year dang it was great um but yeah so i should probably go buy my candy but yeah so that sounds like a fun halloween night and but we'll see you after for the halloween episodes until next time bye guys